Welcome back to Don't You Forget About Me, the New Wave Music Podcast. As always, I'm your pal, Steve. Hey, and I'm T-Bone. We'd like to welcome you back. Uh, today's episode, we're, our first artist we're going to be talking about is the Violent Femmes. You probably remember them from Blister in the Sun. Let me go off you can all just kiss off into the air behind my back i can see them stare they'll hurt me bad but i won't mind they'll hurt me bad they do it all the time yeah yeah, yeah they do it all the time or american music If you don't remember those songs, then you have been under a rock for the past 30 plus years. So the Violent Femmes have a new album out. Well, fairly new. It came out in 2019. Hotel Last Resort. This is their 10th studio album. You know, and actually uh, next year, 2023, marks the 40th anniversary uh, since their first album. Uh, so once again, we're looking at other you know, bands here that we've been talking about for the past number of weeks that are hitting that 40th anniversary date. Yeah, and before we jump into this, just full disclosure on the Femmes, that they're probably one of the bands that I grew up watching and seeing in concert oh, probably dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Well, I remember us going to one of the shows uh, back in the probably the early 90s. Yeah, so this is actually their second album in the last couple of years to come out. This is the most recent, so we're going to tackle this one. This one, of course, has Gordon Gano as, uh, on vocals and guitar and Brian Ritchie on bass. They're original members. And then they have now on uh, percussion and snare drums and such, John Sparrow, Blaze Garza on horns and theremin. The album kicks off with the song Another Chorus. A verse is like chorus if you sing it more than once. This feels like it's been going on for days or weeks or months. What's the singer saying? I've given up to know. But here it comes again. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Please don't sing another chorus. That's the thing that really bores us. Please don't. Which to me, T-Bone, this song is a great femme song. It's very simple, but I love the lyrics. It's almost self-parody to the point of this song. This song seems to be very hit or miss among fans. Some loving it and some hating it, thinking it's talking down almost to like a Sesame Street mocking level. But at this point of almost 40 years, as you said, of the Violent Femmes, you're either a fan of the band or you're not. This is definitely not the album to jump into as a newbie, but I, I liked how this kicked this album off. You know, it's funny that you'd say that because my my first note on this song is song of the year. <laughs> you know, it, it makes fun of uh, other songs that repeat the chorus over and over ad nauseum. But the irony is that uh, because of the spoof, it, it becomes a spoof of itself because they revisit their own chorus multiple times. And at times, the song is a little bit sophomoric and juvenile. You're absolutely right. There's been a lot of mixed feelings online and in reviews about this song. But I like this one a lot. And as a matter of fact, it reminds me a lot of another similar band from that 80s era, The Dead Milkman. Oh, yeah, I can see that. You know, I mean, it's kind of a silly opening, but... I actually think it perfectly starts off this album. Yeah, and if you're going to be annoyed at this song, which is only like under three minutes, 
You just shut the album off at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is Violent Femmes. I mean, they have that kind of subtle at times and overtly outward at times, uh, snarky sense of humor. Mm -hmm. If any song says that, it's this one. Yeah, and I really am looking forward to seeing them on tour again. Hopefully they tour again soon. I really want to see the song live. I'd love to see a, a number of the songs on this one live. Absolutely. And that gets us into the second song, I Get What I Want. If you can't obey me, then you don't deserve me. I get what I want, and I want what I get. Uh, this one here, again, is just a classic Violent Femme sound. I don't really know how else to describe it. And Gordon's voice, to me, sounds like it hasn't aged a day in 40 years. Yeah, I feel the same, you know, but I, I'd say that with the whole album. Uh, Gordon, his his vocals literally sound as though he is on his first album. You know, there's, oh, yeah. there's little difference, and that's a good thing. But yeah, he sounds fantastic on the, the album itself, and you're right, on this song. Yeah, and on this song, I do like how when it gets into the chorus, it kind of takes a slight turn on musically-wise, kind of makes this little turn on music to the chorus and then kind of goes back to the rhythm yeah, of the regular absolutely. song. Uh, up next is the third track, I'm Nothing. Are you a Republican or a Democrat? A liberal fascist full of crap. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Somebody somewhere saying something, but everybody everywhere knows that I'm nothing. Interestingly, at least maybe for some people, this does have guest vocals from skateboarder, sneaker designer, Stefan Jansky, who's a huge fan of the band. Uh, this song was originally recorded for the 1994 album New Times. That one, though, was a much more acoustic solo kind of version, whereas this one's the full-on band. Uh, I really quite enjoy this song. It's kind of a, a nihilistic theme song and really kind of think, felt that it really went along very well with the album. Yeah, to me, I really liked this song. I really liked it back when it was in 94 on New Times. This one was okay. But I kind of felt the song was a little bit ironic with them getting in a the the Nike. Yeah, yeah, they kind of sold out for this right. song. And, the, and they actually made a, a t. I don't know if you knew this, but they actually made a sneaker for "I Am Nothing." Yes, they through did. Nike, which again is kind of ironic because the Femmes took over a four year breakup over Gordon Gano releasing the the track "Blister in the Sun" to Wendy's over a fast. You know, they got upset that they sold out to a fast food chain. And here they are making another little bit sell out and the band's back together and they all seem to condone it. So it is a little weird, but, you know, beyond the, shall we say, politics of it, I found it to be a really good version of this song. Uh, the next song, Adam Was a Man. There's trouble in paradise in the pathways of delight where the rubble blocks the road of life There's no light to light in the night Basically, a recap of the Femmes doing the Book of Genesis, one of the rare tracks on this album that features an electric guitar. Yeah, there, it's not too often on the album there's electric guitar. I mean, that's not really their style, but it really does start off with some great guitar work mm -hmm. and saxophone on here. And th that probably is the highlight of it. Uh, the lyrics are really kind of smart. Uh, um, God was uh, was not a man. Adam was a man. Even was a woman. Uh, <laughs> it, it really has some nice play on words. Yes. And I, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. And then we get into track five, which is called Not Okay. I could write something better in my sleep. I could sing so pretty and make your heart weep. I could steal a kiss, but it could not keep our love. 
Again, unmistakable, this is classic Violent Femmes music. Musically, this reminds me of their older work from the Femmes, from their album like The Blind Leading the Blind. I love the line, I could write something better in my sleep, I could sing something pretty, it would make your heart weep. Uh, one thing no denying is Gordon Gano has an unmistakable singing voice. And again, you either like his vocal singing voice or you're not a fan. Well, I don't know how you couldn't like it. I mean... I, I, you know, I guess I can understand that for some people, if they're looking for something a little bit more, shall we say, melodic. I mean, he does have that kind of a little bit nasally sound to his voice, but that's who the Femmes are. I mean, you wouldn't be the Femmes if you didn't have that kind of sound from the lead singer. True. All right. And up next is the sixth track, the title track of the album, Hotel Last Resort. I can't even remember my best past retort. I'm in a resort town at the hotel last resort. This is actually the longest song on the album. I believe it goes a little bit over five minutes, uh, which is unusual because most of the songs are in the two to three minute range. And it just goes, for me at least, to show that they can sustain a longer song going beyond the length of the others. But for me, and this is actually one of my favorite songs on the album, for me, I think the main reason I like it so much is that, again, you know, you mentioned just a moment ago about electric guitar on this album. There's not a whole lot of it, but this one does have lead guitar by the legend Tom Verlaine of the band Television. I really enjoy this song. Uh, I, I, It's a little bit more reflective, a little bit slower. He's really kind of focusing on, you know, maybe a, a different tone to the uh, songs on this album with this one. And I really, it, I think it works fantastically. T-Bone, I could not agree more with you. Once again, we're about halfway through the album. And once again, T-Bone's reading off my notes. I'm all, not. All kidding aside. No, I, I agree with you on this. This is probably my second favorite song on the album. Very solid, tight track. And I would, if you're looking just for kind of get some highlights of the song, this is definitely one that I would check out for this. If you want to highlight from the album. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I think it's one of my favorites on there. I just love the way it, it how the song flows. His vocals are, are spot on with the song itself. I, I absolutely love it. Then we move into the next song, Everlasting You. Ever true. Everlasting you. To me, T-Bone, this is where the album kind of takes the turning point. This song here, in my opinion, kind of sounded very incomplete or like it should have been a B-side. It could have been that it followed up a very tight song. This one just did not work for me. And see, I'm going to disagree just a little bit. I, I don't know... What exactly reminded me of this, but for some reason I saw it as uh, a tribute to a 50s love song, something you might hear from the Everly Brothers <laughs> or Buddy Holly, but obviously in that familiar style of the Femmes. For me, it really works. I, I, I It's the vocals, it's the instrument instruments on it, it's the, the tone of the song. I, I Not the best song on the album, but I, I did quite enjoy this one. Then we move into the next track, All or Nothing. That's 100%. In this one, Brian Ritchie actually gets to shine very well, I thought, playing with the bass work on this song. I really enjoyed this one. It was a welcome change. I didn't like the last song as much as you, but I really did enjoy this this song. Yeah, I found it to be a great melding of all the instruments. Yeah, absolutely, Brian Ritchie's bass on it. But all of the instruments seem to come together quite perfectly on this one and, and make for a great track. 
And then we'll move into the ninth track, I'm Not Going to Cry. I'm not gonna cry anymore for you And don't you ask for me Interestingly enough, Steve, this is a cover song from a Greek band called Pixlax, and that's spelled P-Y-X-L-A-X. Have you heard of them, Steve? I am a big fan. I, I know <laughs> you are. I don't know them either. But, you know, I, for this song itself, I really enjoyed the kind of subdued saxophone that starts the song and then continues later in it. Even if it's not their own song, I think they took it and, and made it a femme song. Yeah, I really did enjoy this. Um, when I first started listening to it, though, how the percussions are kicking in, I thought at first they were going to break into Howard Jones's life in one day. And, and then the, the the horns kick in. It takes a little different turn, which I was happy to hear that. You know, it's, it's funny mentioning these horns because as we talked about in the last episode, the psychedelic furs, they had a very similar kind of sounding sac- bass kind of saxophone yeah. on it. And I didn't think it worked all that well with the furs, but... For some reason, that almost exact same sound works perfectly with Violent Femmes. Yes, it does. Let me get into the track Free Ride. I am on a free ride, and although I be fit to be tied, and I don't need your pride, not with me on this free ride. I've been sailing on the bounty. This one gets the album back on track for me a lot, but it also reminds me of a song from their last album, Big Car. really vocally kind of lyrically kind of sounds almost identical like this is almost an outtake so i can't help but wonder if this was an alternate version that was left over from the prior albums recording and just added on here to, to stretch out the album yeah i have to agree with you i i this song just didn't really uh hit me very strongly as as a as one of the better songs on the album i i, I would probably say that maybe not one of my least favorite but it's kind of in that range yeah, definitely. The, for me, the second half of this album is kind of a bumpy ride, to say the least. Like, it's just to the next track, Paris to Sleep. My brother, don't let the terror scare us too deep. And I came to Paris to sleep. This is a dark, kind of slow song for the Femmes. I do like the line, don't let the terror scare us to sleep. Well, it's funny that you'd say that, because in reading about this song, this actually is a very subtle commentary on terrorism. And it's very much unlike any of the other songs on this album. It's it's slower, uh, contemplative, and I found it quite beautiful. Yeah, I really did enjoy this. And then that gets us to the next song, Sleep, Sleeping at the Meeting. I was sleeping at the meeting, at the meeting, I was sleeping, I was sleeping at the meeting, at the meeting, I was sleeping at the meeting, I was sleeping, I was sleeping at the meeting, I was sleeping at the meeting, at the meeting, I was sleeping. That day I did sleep the way that I creep. Sleeping at the meeting. This one here maybe is a spoken word type song. Um, it does remind me a lot of the Femmes' early work, specifically I Hear the Rain. I hear the rain, I hear the rain, I hear the rain, gotta kill the pain. I hear the rain, I hear the rain, I hear the rain, gotta kill the pain. I gotta love the line that I was crapping with a napkin. Yeah. Or I was crapping in a napkin. Yeah, crapping in a napkin. Now, what is that all about? And, and I do also like how all of a sudden, halfway through the song, Gordon Gano starts getting the crew back involved with a sing-along. Way that I creep it, but now. Way that I creep, yes. Way that I creep. 
Absolutely. You know, I read a review that called this song acapella word salad, and it could not <laughs> be more accurate. Uh, as you just mentioned, it, 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 uh, there's no instrumentation. It's just finger snaps and background vocals. It is very different for the Femmes in many ways. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from on some of the earlier albums, but it's very different because of oh, yeah. acapella. Well, at the same time, purely them. Oh, Absolutely. genius. I love but this yeah, song. Steve, I, I'm, not, I'm still trying to figure that out. Crapping in a napkin. Yeah, I, I still love this song. Third <laughs> favorite song on the I, album. It's actually one of my favorite songs on the album. And that leads us to the final track, uh, the 13th track, and that is God Bless America. God bless America. is kind of a very strange cover of early Irving Berlin's song, unmistakably in a in a femme style. I, I guess it's it could be listened to over and repeatedly, but it is so unusual in their way that they've produced it uh, that it seems like a strange end to the album. Maybe it's just pure Americana for the femmes who have that kind of folk punk sound. And for them, maybe it's just the right kind of song to finish this album. Yeah. It's kind of weird how, how this does close out the album and then they do go on and sing the song and then you think it's over and it comes back as an in- play instrumentally again. Yeah. It's kind of an unrelated jazz style instrument, yeah. tra- instrument instrumentation that uh, continues about midway uh, through the the song as again it, it you know the lyrics stop and then it, it's just instruments after that and it's kind of odd but uh i don't know that it, i would say it's it's real femme style but you know, it still works in yep, some ways it does so you know i think we mentioned a couple of times here that this album definitely received mixed reviews um, what I like about it, though, is how it's all the familiar trappings of a Femmes album. It's exactly what you'd expect. Uh, the acoustic folk punk guitars, the upright bass being slapped, and the simplistic snare drums. And T-Bone, for me, this isn't a bad album, but it's a shame it's not up to par with 2016's We Can Do Anything album. To me, that was a welcome back for the Femmes. You could clearly tell almost every track that they enjoyed that. It didn't feel like they were stretching out. Um, at least my opinion, maybe, and maybe that's one album we'll need to cover in the future. But bottom line on to me on this album is if you're a big Violent Femmes fan, you're still going to enjoy this album. You're going to pick it up. You're going to listen to it. If you're a casual fan, this album's probably going to be more hit or miss with you. And before we move into our next artist, just some brief music news. Gary Newman's tour is set to kick off here at the end of at the time of this recording, the end of February. Uh, and unlike his previous tour, he did mention that this Intruder tour is going to be a very short tour where he's going to try to wrap it up at the end of the summer and start working on a new album in the fall. And also we have Elvis Costello and the Apostors going on a, a fairly sizable tour. They're going to start off August 6th in Ohio and finish it up in September 3rd in Las Vegas on a Positive note for sure is Nick Lowe is opening up. On a negative note, it is not a cheap ticket. So if you are a super fan, might be worth the price. And then uh, right before we started this podcast, The Fix dropped a new single. Uh, this new song is Women of Flesh and Blood. This one, however, features the, the guitarist Jamie West Orham on lead vocals, and he's backed by Sai on the chorus.
Uh, the Fix said more details on the new album and tour coming in the next few months. So well, and if you've ever se- to. yeah, if you've ever seen uh, the Fix in concert, they still put on a fantastic show. They sound perfect. So oh, yeah. if you have a chance to see them, we I think both Steve and I would highly recommend it. Next album we're going to look at is from legendary LA punk band X. Uh, you will most likely remember them from songs like Los Angeles. Hungry Wolf. I am a and their cover of the song Breathless. So the album is called Alphabet Land. It was out in 2020. So this is their 10th studio album. It's the first in 27 years, but it's been 35 years since an album was done with the original lineup. The lineup is the original band from the late 70s, early 80s. We have John Doe on bass and vocals, Exine Cervenka on vocals, the amazing DJ Bonebreak on drums, and the equally stellar Billy Zoom on guitars, sax and piano um, like i mentioned all of the original members are on the band and they are they reunited in 1998 but this is actually the first album of new material since 1993 yeah and this one was a very pleasant surprise for 2020 not a lot of good surprises in 2020 but this was one of them that the album just came came seemed to come out from nowhere well, you're absolutely right. I mean, there was no promotion about it at all. And then just suddenly we were told that there was a new X album. Yeah. And it had been years since we'd heard anything from them. They'd been on tour, you know, incessantly for the past couple of decades doing the old songs. And so it was it was nothing but a surprise to see a new one come out. And the album starts out with the song Alphabet Land. T-Bone, this song is fantastic. It was a great way to welcome X back. Uh, everyone on this on this track to me is on point and gets to shine. Originally, the song was supposed to be called Mercury, uh, but good old Billy Zoom kept referring it to as Alphabet Land. Interesting. Like, uh, like it was some 1950s board game that he remembered. Even the lyrics n- never used the word Alphabet Land, only Alphabet Wrecked and Alphabet Mind. Well, this song has Xene on the lead vocals. For me, I really like how midway through... Billy's guitars kind of fade into the background a little bit so that the vocals and the drums can shine through. Yeah. Really a strong start. Yeah. I think everyone gets a a good, strong point. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, the nice thing about it is not only on this song, but I, I think the instrumentation just continues throughout the whole album. Yeah. And, and also just going back to the history and the title of the song, I do love an interview that John Doe gave where he's like, they still are pushing for the original title Mercury, but finally they're like, Oh, Billy's just going to keep calling it alphabet land. So let's just, regardless of what the title is, let's just name it alphabet land. Well, you know, Billy wants what Billy gets. Next up is the second song free.
Uh, this has both John and Exene on vocals. And for me, this probably, all the tracks sound very X on this album, but this one probably is the one for me that sounds like the most to classic X from the early 80s albums that are are so well done. And see, for me, the highlight on this was Billy's guitar work. Oh, um, it's a good X track for me. This is probably not the tightest on the song on the album. This is probably, I'll be honest, this is probably my least favorite one on the album. And that's not saying it's bad. I love pretty much everything on this album, but it does sound like an X song. You yes, know? it does. I mean, whether it's your favorite song or not, this well, Alphabet Land starts it with the, that sound, but this sound free, I think it really uh, clicks in very well with that sound. Yeah, and it moves into the next song, Water and Wine. Uh, to me, this one has a good little surf rift, surf rock sound or vibe to me on it. Uh, the lyrics, uh, who gets water, who gets wine is, is about kind of they're saying X was saying the financial divide in society, who has access and who doesn't. Uh, Billy's guitar work, as always, shines through on this album, as well as does his saxophone skills. Absolutely. Yeah. Xene is the lead vocals on this one. And I, my notes are almost exactly the same, Steve. It says Billy is the star of the song, not only with his guitar work, but a strong use of sax on this song. Yeah. And going back to an interview I read with John Doe on this on this song as well, and it ties back into Billy. He loves playing the sax and was kept pushing to put it in the in the track. So like, OK, we'll throw it in there and it brings it out and comes out again to the very end of the song. So I, I, I'm glad they let him work on that. Works perfectly. It's probably one of my favorites on the album. Yeah, no, I really like the lyrics on it and the overall sound. It, it's it's definitely one of my favorites also. Then we move into the song Strange Life. It's been a strange. This song here is about driving down the road and seeing all the images, the mile markers, uh, wooden crosses, and that being a metaphor for going down the road of life. Uh, not to get too high-minded, but after you've been on, the, as John Doe said, after you've been on the road for a while, you kind of take stock of your life and and what and you say you're saying to yourself, "Boy, this is strange. How did we get there?" Yeah, I do like on this how there's a brief pause right before the chorus kicks in, almost as if they're having a pause or time to reflect their life on the road. Yeah, this song has uh, both on the vocals, both John and Exene on the vocals. And yeah, strong track on the album. Not one of my favorites, but it uh, definitely is a, a pretty strong track. The next song, I Got a Fever. Again, this is just classic sounding X. Everyone gets a shine in it again. A uh, very solid track. Uh, and on this one here, it was originally John Doe was saying this originally came in 1977 when he wanted to call the song. I think it was I Got a Heater. Um, but he said people nowadays really wouldn't know what the heater is or in reference to a gun. The whole idea of calling a gun a heater didn't ring true to him. So he rewrote the song. I, I do like this this re rework of this reversion. If you want to hear the original, it is on their album Beyond and Back. And that's also the same for the next track, the number, the sixth track, Delta 88 Nightmare. Uh, 
this is the shortest track on the album, only a minute 37. It has both of them on vocals again. This song has a great frantic pace for such a short song. It seems like it's over actually before it even gets started. I will, let me just say, and I, I could say this on a number of songs on this album, but on this song in particular, DJ on drums and Billy on guitars are on fire. Yeah, one thing with X, especially now, they're, they're getting up there in years, but they can still bring it. This track amazed me how well and how tight it and how fast-paced it was. Well, it's funny you would say that because I was probably going to mention this a little bit earlier, but all of the band, the the youngest member of this band is 66, with Billy being 74, and he knows how to play a guitar. Yes, he does. Then we move into the next track, Star Chambered. Here we get a duet between John and Nixine. And again, though, Billy's guitar is the highlight of the song. Billy kind of has hijacked this album, if you haven't noticed. I would say so. You know, I, I think you're right. Absolutely. But I, you know, John's bass, along with Billy's guitar, really make a kind of a funky combination yeah. on this song. Yeah. And I do like in there that there's even a reference to Tennessee Aries Ford's song, 16 Tons, but it's played to 16 bars. And what did I get? Another hangover and, and drunker in debt. Yeah. Yeah. Really a good song, but it's those instruments that are just so good on yeah. this track. Next up is Angel on the Road. That's number eight track. It has uh, uh, Xene on the lead vocals. And this one here was originally a, was a poem Exene wrote, but John heard it, said, no, this needs to be a song. He rewrote it as, as a song. I love the lines, I wish I was somebody else making angels in the snow. But again, Billy's guitar shines in this track. Absolutely. And this song here, um, Angels on the Road, also just one other thing is this is actually the song that they started working on in 2018. And then the ninth track is Cyrano de Berger's Back. Doe, uh, John Doe is the main vocals on this track. You know, I think we're getting a little bit uh, repetitive here, but of course it has outstanding guitar work. Uh, but also Billy's deep sax comes uh, in and fits perfectly into this song. Interestingly enough, and I think, uh, Steve, you were going to mention this also, but this actually was previously recorded by John Doe when he was with the Flesh Eaters. Yeah, and it was also on X's album, See How We Are, back in 87, which this is my favorite song on the album. So once I heard that it was, I forgot about it being an older song. I went back and listened to it. You can hear the tone of the old song. And which brings us to the newer version. love this song it's definitely a great rework from the original recording it's my like i said it's my favorite i love the lyrics i love the melody i love the and billy sax is outstanding on this song and uh, it just adds to that next level 
Absolutely. And actually, that brings up the 10th track, which is one of my favorite songs on the album, Goodbye Year Goodbye. This has both John and Xene on vocals. Um, it starts off with some guitar chords that are straight out of the Big Black Sun. This is, I think, one of the most essential songs of this album because it really does harken back so much to the early days of X on those albums that are just unforgettable. Yeah, and a lot of times in our previous reviews, we talk about album placement, how songs hit or miss depending on the album, the song they follow up on. This is a great punk song. And this reminded me of when, we see, when we've seen X live, how they'll kind of take it from going to a really fast song to a more jazzier, different tempo beat, and then right back into a punk song without missing a beat. Well, they're that talented. Yes, you know, are. I mean, they've been doing this for a long time. They, uh, they know each other. I mean, it's, all, it's original members, and uh, they know how to create that song. And so that leaves us with the last song on this album, the 11th track, All the Time in the World. We have all the time in the world. Until the limitless possibilities of youthful infinity turn into mortality. But that's after a long, fun struggle of watching everyone. So this is actually a spoken word track with Xene. It does have uh, piano from Billy. And equally interesting, guitar work is done by guest artist Robbie Krieger of The Doors. Uh, the Doors had worked with, uh, um, or members of The Doors, I should say, had worked with X early on. And I find it interesting that they've continued that tradition now 40 years later. Yeah, and T-Bone, listening to this track on the album, it kind of made me sad in a way. It's kind of like listening to it, I couldn't help feeling, but it was X's way of kind of saying goodbye. I hope not. As some of the lyrics say, is we have all the time in the world, and it turns out to be not that much. Yeah. Um, and then just another behind the scenes, I read on an interview with John Doe, he was really supposed to have bass on this album. But he admitted that the bass work just did not work. Yeah, I can't imagine it. You know, I, as I said, it, it's a spoken word track. You know, I just try to envision a little bit of bass mixed in there, and I just don't think it would have the same effect. Right. And then X released an, a follow-up little mini album called Extras, which had two new songs, or one song and a reworked of a song from Alphabet Land. The newer track was True Love Part 3. And this is a reimagining of the of the song True Love from the More Fun in the New World album. True Love Part 2 also appears on that album. True Love Part 3 kind of reworks True Love as more of a rockabilly, and it gives it a nice little shuffle sound to it. Well, you know, and Steve, actually, that True Love, both parts 1 and 2 on, on new, you know, More Fun in the New World, that actually is probably one of my favorite tracks from that album. So, yeah, yeah. it's nice to get an extension yeah. on Part 3. And then the other the other newer song is just a rework or a re-recording of the song Strange Life from Alphabet Land. But now they have this one shares uh, with the former Doors member that you're talking about, Robbie Krieger, on the side guitar. Nice. So, you know, Steve, I don't normally note song lengths in my notes. But this is a very short album. Yes, <laughs> it's it is. It's only 28 minutes, which makes the average song length two minutes and 27 seconds. I mean, if you're talking punk, that's punk. 
Yep. Punk does not. I mean, we joked around about it in the early episodes that we did on T-Bone's aversion to uh, long, overlong songs that go on forever and ever. This is probably, I'm sure this has got to be one of the shortest albums that we've looked at. So in other words, this is T-Bone's album of the century. This absolutely is. You can't get tired of this album. No, I I really like this album. Yeah, well, you can't get tired of it because it's done before you even know that you're getting there. But, you know, Billy has said uh, that this album is intended to sound like their first four albums. But the but to sound better and more professionally produced, and I can see that. You know, yeah. I mean, those early albums sound fantastic, but this one definitely has a more produced sound to it, with still having those that punk uh, philosophy that they have. Yeah, and listening to both our reviews on this, one thing I do love and kind of get a chuckle out of Billy Zoom has highlighted this has not highlighted, but he has hijacked this album. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that, you know, we mentioned his age, 74. He's an amazing guitarist. If you've ever seen him in concert, I I believe his knees have kind of gone out on him. He sits most of the show, but he still plays that guitar like he is jumping all over the stage. Um, So I agree with Billy. Uh, You know, the album doesn't necessarily uh, or I I guess it does have that style of those albums, those early albums. Some songs are particularly good, but as much as I enjoy this album, nothing is going to compare to those first four albums, Los Angeles, Wild Gift, Under the Big Black Sun, and More Fun in the New World. Those four albums, in my opinion, are genius. This one, I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, But because the songs don't have that same kind of memorable nature of those albums, um, I still am going to recommend it, but especially for X fans. Those unfamiliar with the band, though, and I think we kind of mentioned this with uh, with the Violent Femmes review also, this is not really the album to be introduced to X. Those first four albums are brilliant. Start there, then move on to this one. And this is definitely one, um, as a fan, you're going to love this album. Um, I loved it. I can't say more about it. I think I might have liked it a little slightly more than you did. I'd put it in my top couple X albums. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you did like it more than mm-hmm. me because those first four, I, I can't give enough superlatives about, uh, about how much I f- love those first four albums of theirs back in the eighties. This is a strong album though. There is no question about that. And I think that we've kind of summed it up with the fact that it does sound so much like an X album. It sounds like a, a continuation of their history and, uh, so I, I think we would both recommend it. Maybe you just a little bit more than me, but yep. uh, I, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, th- I think that it is a strong album. And that's going to do it for us for this episode for, of Don't You Forget About Me, the New Wave Music Podcast. We are going to be back in a few weeks with a brand new episode featuring new music from Crowded House and Midnight Oil. And as always, we want to thank our listeners for your support. We love the reviews that you, we, you guys have been leaving for us and the, the likes and the subscriptions. Keep them coming. If you have any suggestions on albums to do in the future, Drop us a line. And then, of course, don't forget our TikTok page. All you have to do on TikTok is just look up Don't You Forget or New Wave Music Podcast. Uh, You'll find us. We put a bunch of videos on there and little clips of us talking about what's coming up next. Uh, We'd hope you'd uh, join us on that, too.